amazing. He gets up early, stays late. I'll get a text message at 11.30. I'll get a text message at 5.30. I mean, he's all in. He's the most competitive person I've ever been around. Um, you know, he's out there. He, he sees everything, you know, and he's, and, you know, and he's a big body language guy, and he always was. And so, for me, he keeps me in check. You know, like I said, yeah, things are going to go bad, but the last thing he's going to allow is for us to lower our standard as, as coaches. And so, it's a good thing. Um, when we all get going in you know same direction, pushing in the same direction as far as schematically, and we're getting close, um, I think because of the standard that he holds, we're going to be really, really, really good. B. Hall, safeties coach there, talking about head football coach Brent Venables. And, yeah, I that's never changed for B. Hall. Um Hall was was the graduate assistant defensively, helped with the backers when Coach Venables was here uh, in his first tenure, and you know it was the same then as it is now. And he says that's pretty much the same at, at fifty as it was at twenty nine. Pretty impressive. Yeah, some people think he's going to be the next DC. Yeah, I think that's. I, th- I definitely think there's a chance of that. I think there's a definitely a chance of that. We'll see how it goes. Um, he's got his hands full in that secondary, though. Like like we've talked about, that's been it's been really the the position group, really offensively, defensively, all the way around that has kind of given given Oklahoma fits. Yeah. All right, ranking college football's 100 best running backs of the past 60 years. Uh, I already can tell I'm going to hate this list because ESPN put it together. I'm also curious, did they rank the 100 best running backs or did they rank the 100 best careers in college football? Because to me, that's a totally separate list. Like Adrian Peterson, if they do it by career, I think is going to be ranked way too low on this list. I'm going to go ahead and guess. Well, I think you probably have to factor in both somehow, but... Man, these these lists are almost impossible to do because you're comparing guys like 60 years ago to guys now. It's just the game is different. The players are different. It's it's really hard to say who was better. I mean, you just kind of have to try and land in a general area. Yeah. Okay. 100 to 95, some notable names. Garrett Wolf, running back at Northern Illinois from 04 to 06. He's at 97. Travis Etienne at Clemson from 2017 to 2020. Yeah. How do I. The uh, Garrett Wolf, I don't. He was. Um, I mean, Northern Illinois was, was good, really yeah. good. One of the years that he was there. He was their best player. Did he? He played in the NFL for at least a little bit too. I want to say. Who do you, do you remember? Who he played for? The name sounds. Why so do I familiar, want to say this? I, I don't know why I want to say the Steelers. Maybe right. I can't. Maybe that's totally I don't wrong. Know. I don't know. But uh, Travis Etienne is. Ah uh, man, I don't know. Is is he underrated? I mean, Trevor Lawrence was always the star there. Um, so. You're talking it seems about, like he lived in the shadows quite a bit. I mean, he was a, he's a great player. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But 100 best in the past 60 years, I mean, here's it's the a thing. big deal. Yeah, that is, if you make the list over, over 60 years to trying, to trying to narrow it to 100 is really, really difficult. So maybe, maybe it's hard to say anyone on here is underrated. 94 to 91, not a whole lot of notable names. Um, all those guys are from the 60s. 
90 to 87, J.J. Arrington of Cal from 03 to 04. Andre Williams of Boston College, 2010 to 2013. Where did J.J. Arrington play in the NFL? Um, hmm, I do not remember where J.J. Arrington played. Bryce Love is also on the list at 88. Stand for 2015 to 2018. Yeah, uh, Bryce Love had a nice little run there at Stanford. But he might be a guy that you look at and say, top 100, 60 years? Mm. Now we start to get into some noticeable names in the top 85. Um, Sean Alexander of Alabama, great player, 96 to 99, played with the Seahawks. Really good. Terry Miller of Oklahoma State, 1974 to 1977, is at 83 on this list. Uh, Anthony Davis at USC. Was it 79? Emmett Smith at Florida. Was it 77? The most recent name, Najee Harris at Alabama from 2017 to 2020. Here's one that I think is a little overrated. Leonard Fournette at LSU, 2014 to 2016 at 75 on this list. Huh. Uh, which, by the way, I knew J.J. Arrington. I knew I, he played on the Vegas team. Oh, on your on. Vegas team? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, yeah, 75 for I, – I think Najee Harris is just – He's really good, man. I think he's got a great career in Pittsburgh. Oh, just exceptional all-around back that does absolutely anything you ask him to. Um, but, you know, again, like you're, you're got, you got to put the statistics up there, and I don't know, but that's a, that's a pretty, good, pretty good group. Between uh, 75 and 80 there to have those names, I'd say that's that, – that kind of tells you how hard it is to get to 100 if you have Emmett Smith, Najee Harris, and Fournette yeah. there. Garrett Wolf played for the Bears, by the way. Uh, Toby Gerhardt of Stanford, 06 to 09. He's at 74. J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State. He's at 72. Dalvin Cook at Florida State's at number 71. So we're getting to some recent names here. Saquon Barkley, man, um, back at 68 from Penn State to, at 2015 to 2017. Too high, too low, or dead on balls accurate? Didn't he really just have a like a one one year breakout season, or did he have multiple? Uh, he may have had two, but his last year was good enough to propel. He was a top ten draft pick, right, yeah. by the New York Giants. Yep, he was. He's definitely a beast. I mean, but he's he's fought all kinds of injury issues so far in the NFL. hadn't hadn't really had an opportunity to get up and get rolling. Nick Chubb at Georgia is at number 65 on the list. Mike Hart at Michigan, that's a noticeable name, 04 to 07. He's at 64 on this list. Mike Allstott at Purdue, 92 to 95, is at number 60. That dude was awesome. He was one of my favorite players uh, whenever I was growing up. And all the stories I've heard about him are excellent. What a dude. He was he was fun to watch yeah. there at Tampa. Now we start to get into some uh, – we, we really start to talk about some dudes here. Jamal Charles is at 59 out of Texas. He had a great career, a part of that 05 team as a freshman. Edgerin James at Miami is at number 58 on this list. Gail Sayers of Kansas is at 57. Our first Sooner, Joe Washington, at number 56. That's pretty impressive. Little Joe had 3,995 rushing yards, 6.1 yards per carry, 253 receiving yards, and 31 touchdowns. Impressive. Uh, awesome, awesome run there. And what He was uh, 
top five in the Heisman in ninety in seventy four and seventy five. Awesome. Yeah, great career. One of the most exciting players in uh, in OU history. LT is at uh, forty nine. Willis McGahee is at forty eight. Mark Ingram is at forty six. Adrian, or excuse me, uh, forty seven. Adrian Peterson all the way back at number forty six. Hmm. Four thousand four uh, four thousand forty one rushing yards. Five point four yards a pop. Only 198 receiving yards and 42 touchdowns. Wow. Uh, too high, too low, dead on balls accurate for AD. I would say I would say it's probably... Now, in terms of pure talent, it's way too low. But with resume and the injuries that he had, he left a lot of rushing yards, a lot of touchdowns on the table during his career. I think it's I, – I personally think, like, like if we lined all these guys up and, and talked about, like, skill level and, and all of those traits, I think he's should rate higher. But I think it's probably dead on balls accurate. Larry Johnson. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, that's just, like, what's our ranking? Like, if we're doing it by the most – you know, just the best running backs ever, he's in the top 20. Right. But if we're going off of resume, which is what they're clearly doing here – then um, that that's probably right. I mean, he was, you know, runner up for the Heisman his freshman year. That does need to count for something. Yeah, probably. L- right. Larry Johnson at forty five at a Penn State. Then we have Steve Owens at OU at forty four, three thousand nine hundred twenty eight rushing yards, fifty seven touchdowns. Pretty impressive. That dude was a work horse. I mean, carried the ball sometimes what like forty fifty times a game. Brutal. Good now, stuff. Now, here's a good name at number 38. When we talk about the most underrated Sooners of all time, he, he's a he's a great selection. Greg Pruitt yeah. comes in at number 38. 2,939 rushing yards, 7.5 yards a carry. He had 39 touchdowns, also had 450 receiving yards. That's He's not – I mean, he is – like if you if you really do like a top ten top fifteen list, Greg Pruitt will be you'll hear his name be mentioned. But if you do like a top three top five list, not a lot of people mention Greg Pruitt. Not not as many as they should. In right. A way. I, you know some some folks that were around in that era say he's the best ever at OU. So, you know. Zeke is at thirty four on the list. Derrick Henry's at thirty three. Ah. <sighs> I mean, rest in peace. I don't Cedric Benson at thirty-two. I know the numbers look gaudy and impressive. Uh, over fifty-five hundred rushing yards, sixty-seven touchdowns, and maybe I'm just totally blinded by what he didn't do against OU in his career. But I feel like that's a little bit too high for Cedric Benson. Boy, it really. Now that you mention that, that kind of is true. Um, he was he was gone before they won their national championship. He he wasn't ever a, a was he a Heisman finalist ever? Uh, no, I don't think he was ever. I mean, like you're talking about guys that he's starting to be surrounded with, or like he 33 Heisman Trophy winner, 31 Marcus Allen Heisman Trophy winner. You're starting to get into some some territory here, but he good he's good back. There's no doubt. Did he win the Doak Walker in 04 over AD? I feel like that was yeah maybe that's right. I feel like that was the case. Yeah. That may be right. Uh, Eric Bieniemy out of Colorado is at twenty five. Eric Dickerson out of SMU is twenty four. Thurman Thomas of Oklahoma State is at twenty three. Um, talk about someone that might be a little overshadowed in the grand you know history of the sport. 
the the only thing that Thurman Thomas ever did was come before you know, right before Barry Sanders. Right. Yeah. It, it's crazy. You look at look at his stats, which you know Oklahoma State had two backs in the top twenty three at school at the same time, which is unheard of. But on here, so did uh, so did Wisconsin. As we'll we'll get there in a minute. Darren Sproles is at twenty two. Eddie George at Ohio State is at number twenty one. Oh, you're welcome, by the way, Sproles. Thank you. Yeah, uh, one game. No kidding. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is Stanford's all the way at fifteen. Then at fourteen, Booba Billy Sims comes in three thousand eight hundred and twenty rushing yards, forty eight mm. touchdowns in his career. Heisman Trophy winner. There you go. As it says on here, he was electric, and frankly, still is. Then we got a long run of Wisconsin quarterbacks. Ron Dane at 12, Jonathan Taylor at 11. Ooh, Reggie Bush coming in at number 10. The disrespect for the former Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Uh, that's if your names in front of him are awesome. If you're counting, we've now got four Wisconsin backs inside the, the top 20, and they're all within about the last 25 years. That's imp- what, an, what an impressive run by them. Earl Campbell of Texas is at 9. Beast. Bo Jackson at Auburn is at number eight. Mike Rogier of Nebraska is at number seven. Tony Dorsett, who got shut down by OU, is at number six. OJ is at number five. Orenthal. Uh, Ricky is at number four, Ricky Williams. Herschel Walker is at three. Archie Griffin at two. Barry Sanders, Oklahoma State, mm. number one. There you go. Um you know what I found amazing on this list? That DeMarco Murray wasn't in the top 100? E- yes, sir. That and like Ron Dane's numbers, dude, he had 7,125 rushing yards. <laughs> well, may- I-, I don't think uh, Wisconsin threw the ball in 98 or 99. Uh, well, I think they just ran it every single play. I know, but neither did any of these other schools with these old-timers and – I, uh, that is, that's he re- it went for twenty one hundred yards and twenty one touchdowns as a freshman, so just unbelievable stuff. I really guess good. what Billy Sims was the highest ranked Sooner, is that right? At uh, fifth, uh, 14, fourteen, sorry, fourteen on the list. Which think about this: Billy Sims and Earl Campbell uh, at OU in Texas at the same time. Those had to be some. Some oh, like, yeah. fun oh, games yeah, to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Epic OU Texas games. Marcus Dupree, um, if, if he plays his career at OU, there's no telling where he ends up on this list, but he's definitely in the top 100. I just uh, – biggest snubs, man. Um, DeMarco Murray is a is a huge snub on this list. I mean, there, there's some uh, – like Travis Etienne, like, did, did DeMarco not have a better career than Travis Etienne at Clemson? I know – that he won a national championship while he was there, and Demarco didn't. But I think dang. I think one of the problems for Demarco is uh, not many of these guys on this list were like two back system type of guys, mm-hmm. you know. And so he had to he shared a lot of his. Yeah, statistics. Chris Brown was a thousand yard rusher in two thousand eight. Fair, great point and by the text Alan line. Patrick. Great point by the text line. No P Ryan on this list. He's OU's all-time leading rusher. He has the single-game record for most rushing yards in the season. Maybe he shouldn't be in the top fifty, but yeah, that's a good point. Samaj P Ryan should be in the. T- if we're going off resume, right? And that's clearly what they're doing here. If we're going off resume. 
then, yeah, Samaje definitely deserves to be here. Well, Perini, quiet guy in life, um, quiet, like, as far as attention around him, too. Like, I bet if you asked, if you, what do you think? If you polled Sooner fans, how many Sooner fans know that uh, Perini is the all-time leading rusher at OU? Uh, I think quite a bit, actually. You think so? Yeah, more than you think, yeah. I don't know. Because it was so recent. Yeah. They made a big deal. I mean, it happened in the Sugar Bowl. It was, they made a big deal out of it. Against Auburn. Yeah, that's correct. Which. Are you saying OU fans don't know their uh, stats about their favorite team? You calling OU fans dumb? I'm just saying that it's like really, it's quiet. And he's, because he was a fairly quiet dude, it's not the name that that pops out whenever you start to think about who could be the record uh, holder at that. DeMarco is uh is Darren McFadden on there? May I I was going through the list pretty quick after we got through about seventy, so maybe yeah. Darren McFadden's on there. He's in like the top twenty. He was uh I think he was back to back runner up for the Heisman Trophy winner. He he deserves to be on there. He was number he's he's like right around twenty five thirty. DeMarco Murray is what? That's where you cut off. DeMarco Murray's not ranked in the top one hundred. Not, Not a top 100 running back in the past 60 years. Sorry, Mc, Darren McFadden's 35. 35. Which, did you know he threw for seven touchdowns? Uh, I did not know that he uh, threw for seven touchdowns. Wildcat quarterback. There you go. Yeah, he was uh, – was he the first, like, wildcat quarterback in college football? Or, what? you know, wildcat player in college football? He may, he may have been. The wild uh, hog is what I think yeah. they were calling it then. Run the wild hog. Um I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, what do you think about like the top five? Is that it? Did they get that right? Um, Barry Sanders, number one. It's, I mean, Archie it, Griffin, two. It's hard to disagree with Barry Sanders, and I'm not going to do that. Now, some will tell you, yeah, 1988 was awesome, but you know, the entire resume of his Oklahoma State career was you know heavily influenced towards that 88 decision. Well, part of it though is that he. He's got another top 20 back that was in yeah. front of him. Archie Griffin, yeah, back-to-back Hard Heisman Trophy that. winner. Herschel Walker at three, I'm cool with that. Ricky Williams, I'm fine with that. I mean, you, OJ. You know what's crazy? Sure. All right, listen to this. Um, the top five. OJ, whatever, don't know enough there, but Ricky Williams, 75 career touchdowns. Herschel Walker, 52 career touchdowns. Uh, Number one, Barry Sanders, 49 career touchdowns. Archie Griffin, a two-time Heisman Trophy winner, has 27 career touchdowns? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it really is interesting. Archie Griffin, and he won two. He's the only player that's won two Heisman Trophy winners. Or he's uh, two Heisman Trophies. Yeah. That's interesting. That's probably one of the lowest numbers of touchdowns on the entire list. Wow. Well, according to this list, uh, Billy Sims can claim greatest OU running back of all time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He can. Would you like to hear the list of guys or of guys on this list that I played with or against? Sure. Ahman Green. Nebraska. Darren Sproles. Kansas State. Eddie George. Ohio State. You played with Eddie George? I played against him whenever he was at Dallas. Nice. Uh, Ricky Williams. That's cool. Edgerin James. Ladanian Tomlinson. (laughs) J.J. Arrington. Warwick Dunn. Willis McGahee. 
Adrian Peterson, and Reggie Bush, I think. I'm not sure. What, when did you – oh, I guess AD was in, yeah, Minnesota. He was so in Minnesota. He, wow. Okay, who was the best one out of that incredible group? Uh, I think they were all great in different aspects. Eddie George was uh, old and washed up by the time I played him. Um uh, you would be shocked to know that Darren Sproles, whenever he was at San Diego, took a screen to the house against oh, us in Detroit. Oh, memories. Uh, Amon Green uh, smoked me down the sideline in Green Bay. Did it smell like weed when you tried to tackle Ricky Williams? Uh, no, but he was running wildcat at Miami, and it was tough to deal with. He was he was tough, man. He was a he was a beast. Um. I would probably say on this list, probably Ricky Williams. Yeah, he's good, man. He's really, really <laughs> they, good. They just wore. Was it in Miami where they yeah. just wore him out though? And man. he didn't care. He just got up. Next play, he was tough, man. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of The Rush on this Tuesday. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma and can help take the ease off of your staff fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Call Cavens today, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Text line says, every Sooner fan who doesn't have... Their head up their butt knows the P. Ryan kid is OU's all-time leading rusher. So. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know. There's, there's a very large group of Sooner fans that are just kind of your weekend warriors whenever the season rolls around, get interested. I don't know. Who's the perfect person we could call and ask and see if they know it right offhand? Your wife, would she know it? Uh, did, Well, no, she's not because she's like, she gets fired up. She knows everything. Like She's not the, the perfect example at okay. all. Dan okay. Cody would be the guy that we need to call and ask and see if he knows. No way he knows. No chance. What do you think he would uh, guess? I guess I can't say no chance. Um, he would probably guess... Like Billy Sims, maybe. <laughs> That's not. I mean, it's not a bad guess. No, it's not. Which who did, who had the record before? Do you remember? Uh, Billy Sims did, right? Sims? Yeah, I think he beat uh, uh, beat Billy Sims' record. Uh, wow, interesting things going on in Austin right now. Surprise, surprise. Moro Ojumo, who is a defensive yeah. lineman for the Horns, he um, he said this about the football team. Was it last week? Quote. They're 18 to 22-year-old kids that want to chase women, want to chase money, want to chase alcohol, and they don't see the future. They're very distracted by what is front of them. It's such a hard thing, especially guys that haven't been in a winning culture. That's why it's very easy for a lot of these powerhouses to keep going 
because it's established. The new guys just come in and they're like, oh, blank, this is how we have to do it. Oh, blank, this is what we do. It's so much more difficult. They always talk about coming here and changing stuff. Coming here and changing stuff, it's like it's ingrained. You're uprooting what? Ten years of blank that's just been let go and go by? They're more worried about being on 6th Street than like balling and making $50 million as crazy as hell. I don't know why, end quote. So basically saying that, you know, these young guys come in and, you know, all they talk about is changing the culture, but all they really care about is hanging out on 6th Street every single weekend. Right. Well, you know, players – and coaches. How many coaches have come in and talked about changing the culture? Oh, um, putting the T back in Texas. Three? Remember? Uh, that That was um, Charlie Strong's big thing. We're going to put the T back in Texas. And right. He, he did not. Well. Put the L back in it. That's, that's right. I mean, um, the most interesting thing about this story is, to me anyways, not what he said there. I think – what he said there is spot on, isn't it? Right? I I mean, yeah. It's everything that we've said for a, a long time and it's, something everyone knows. It's spot on. The most interesting thing to me is that Sarkeesian comes out and says that he shouldn't have said any of that stuff. That, that should be – if he's – talking about culture and being a team player that type of stuff needs to stay uh in-house in the locker room uh asked if he'd be punished he he laughed and said well he won't be talking to you guys anymore like wait a second what like one of your senior players is is saying that like culturally it's not good enough like what we've got going on with some of the younger guys isn't good enough and He's the one that gets punished? That's amazing to me. Yeah, it's pretty odd. It's pretty odd. And I guess Bo pretty Davis telling, I guess Bo Davis didn't get punished last year, but did he have to like release a statement? He was the coach that was on the bus. You wanna get the portal? Get in there. Get in the mother blanket. See if I can. That was amazing. It was. Uh and uh, like it was it was a round of applause for me, but Well I, in and Texas fans like were ready for that, loved it for the most part, by and large. And I would probably say the same thing here. Like, I don't know the pulse of Texas fans, but my guess is a Texas fan would say, yeah, call it out, dude, let's go. Like, that That's exactly right. That is one of the problems here. That's got to be pretty defeating, though, to like stand up and say how you feel and what's wrong, and then you get you know just totally batted down. You just be like, eh, yeah, you're not going to speak to the media anymore. That's you right. try to stand up for what's wrong and what needs to be better. It's crazy. And they just shut you up. It's, like, it's the most Texas thing of all time. And I thought, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit different with some of the things that I had seen and, and heard – with Sarkeesian and the way that they were running stuff, like like the Bo Davis clip, like I, like, if if that's what you have going on there, you gotta have people that are calling it out. You have to, and if you're not gonna allow players to do it, I mean, I don't know. These these they're big boys. Okay, they can handle a teammate saying to the media that culturally it's not good enough. I. You don't have to protect every single guy 
on the team from someone saying something nasty. I mean, come on, let's grow up here. This would be a, an extremely unpopular opinion nationally because, well, I mean, they've had some good runs in previous years. They've got money, recruiting, going to the SEC, all that. You think I'm crazy, though, for thinking that I don't think Texas is ever going to, to get back? Like, they might have a good one-off year, but I don't think consistently they'll ever be a great program again because of what we're talking about. They've gone through multiple coaches where this has been an issue. They clearly don't know how to fix themselves and fix the problem. I don't think that this issue is ever going to be resolved, man. I don't, I don't think that they're ever going to have a culture that is going to breed consistent winning. I think we're going to be having the same conversation a decade from now that we're having right now. Can they ever get back? Will they ever get back? I don't think it ever happens. Well, I, I don't. I don't think so either. It is it's fascinating what goes on down there, man. And I think it's it's got to be one of those things you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, they routinely have better recruiting classes than Oklahoma. I think they just did this year, didn't they? Uh Texas was number 5 and yeah. OU was number 9, yeah. Yeah. Uh, routinely have better recruiting classes than Oklahoma, yet on the field, it's not even close. Like, what does that tell you? It tells you that something is happening whenever, like, if one recruiting class was overranked, okay, I, I got you. One here and there, sure. But whenever they out-recruit Oklahoma more often than they don't, and they're not winning anything, they're getting beat by Kansas, like, there's something else going on down there. And here's the thing, like, players are going to Texas to be stars, to be on 6th Street like like the player was just talking about, to be treated like like royalty down there. Um, I'm sure NIL cash is going to be coming big and, and plentiful down there, but that's not the right way to build a program. And until they start uh, turning down that type of player – and getting the right player in there, then it's going to be the same thing that happens over and over. That's why I love what Venables is doing so much. Uh, he's going to stay local. He's going to he's going to elevate local guys. He's going to bring in the right type of people. He's going to expand the the walk on program to bring more of those guys in here that have to work their way to the top. Like uh, they're they they just have the absolute wrong model down there it's crazy yep all right quick time out more from the rush coming up hit a couple things that caught my eye next stay tuned it is the rush on the ref tyler mccombus teddy layman we call this segment what caught teddy's uh let's get to it Story number one is record inflation, Tyler. Eight point five percent. We've broke yet another record. Worried? <laughs> worried? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little worried. <laughs> yes. I mean, think uh, about it. Uh, spring ticket or spring game tickets gone all the way up to fifteen bucks. I know they used to be eight. Jeez. Whatever, whatever the number is. Woo. Yeah. Things are, are getting crazy. Yeah. yeah, the grocery store is where uh, – you well, the grocery store and the gas pump, you're, you're feeling it there, man. Yeah, grocery store is 
it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, 8.5% report came out. I don't know if you saw this. I thought this was crazy. I guess anything goes in the minor leagues. Did you see the hitter that um, plays for the Savannah Bananas that lit his bat on fire yes. before he went to the uh, plate? Yeah, kind of um, cool. Is that the coolest part of the story, or is it the the fact that there's a team named the Savannah Bananas? That, that, that's that's pretty amazing. Would you wear a Savannah Bananas hat? Uh, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I thought that was I thought it was hilarious, and then steps up there, has a nice swing, and uh, rips a single. Pretty cool. Thought it was funny. I did not know you could do that. Um, and then I thought this was fantastic. I don't know if you're interested in perhaps a new career, Tyler. Mm. Well, before you say no, yeah, let me let me think about it first. Walmart. Okay, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Set to pay startup drivers, truck drivers for them. They're ramping up their in-house uh, deliveries with, with their trucks instead of going third party. $110,000 a year. Wow, seriously? Starting. Dang. Yeah. Now, I clearly, I, I'm going to be pretty qualified for this job. I, I might end up making 140000 a year, huh? I don't know... If I trust you behind the wheel of a yeah, you should a big rig. You, yeah, but you shouldn't. Hundred ten thousand a year, which by the way, uh, that's for that's that's starting off, and the average um, starting salary of a four year degree holder out of college fifty five k. You're doubling up just going to uh, to drive trucks for God for bless Walmart. the Waltons, man. That's right. Got anything else? Nope. Uh, this continues to annoy me. You know, OU softball yeah. was conti- was getting 24 out of 25 first place votes, and you know someone kept someone kept voting UCLA number one. Yeah. So you know OU wasn't getting all the uh, first place votes. Well, UCLA lost two or three to Stanford over the weekend. So but we already thought, beat them too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. OU is undefeated. They beat UCLA in California. UCLA had like three or four losses, so it was like dumb at the time. UCLA loses two or three, so the joke was, all right, well, finally, OU will get all of the unanimous first-place votes. They have the best start in college softball history. Finally, that'll happen. No, not so much. In the newest rankings, OU is number one with a 36-0 record. But again, only 24 first-place votes. Someone voted Virginia Tech at number one, 29-5 overall record. So, I don't know who has it out for OU out there. Um, but it is getting rather ridiculous that you vote a team with five losses, number one, instead of the defending champs and an undefeated softball team. I understand that some of these teams might have a better resume, but the eye test clearly tells us who the best team in America is right now. Who who's, who does the, the rankings, and do you know who has the votes? I don't know who has the votes, no. I, that's, that's up for debate. Any chance I... I don't know if it's coaches or, or like how that goes, but any chance like Coach Gasso is telling whoever it is to not vote for us, we got to have a reason to keep these these girls mad. We discussed this on the uh, Diamond Envy podcast <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and that's the only logical answer that we could think of is Patty refuses to vote her team number one, but I have no idea if she has a vote or not. Yeah, that's I. I don't know. That's fascinating. If if it's legit and someone like is just doing that. I don't know. It's ridiculous, but the good thing, it's meaningless. Uh, Yeah, it is pretty meaningless. 
All right, from the same radio show that brought you the news yesterday that Benifer is engaged mm. and getting married once again, same show, Britney Spears, less than five months after her whole drama ended, she confused a lot of fans yesterday when she posted on Instagram that she's pregnant and apparently married. Wow. That's right. She lives a uh, pretty quiet life these days, if you want to call it that. Uh, B. Spears, though, she's she's pregnant and apparently married. Best of luck to her. Yeah. Whose marriage ends longer, Benefers or Britney Spears? Uh, Benefers is well. That one ends first. Is that what you're really? asking? Really? You yeah. think that one ends first? Yeah, of course. Okay, huh? Uh, Jennifer Lopez has serious issues. Well, yeah, I. So does Britney Spears, though. I'm sure Ben Affleck even does. Yeah, well, I guess, I, I don't know necessarily how to phrase it. I feel like Britney Spears is maybe more insulated, or I guess at least she was. Um, Jennifer Lopez, it's going to be just a couple of months before she she finds something else that she's interested in. Uh, this was my favorite story from last uh, night. Alec, uh, Alec Baum had three errors for the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> and, of course, it was a home game, and the boo started raining down. And it didn't take a, an expert lip reader to see it. But after making his third error where the Philly fans were booing him, he mouthed to one of his teammates, I blanken hate this place. And he was asked about it after the game, and he did confirm that that's exactly what he said about playing in Philly. I blanken hate this place. Uh, oh, I love it. Don't you know that his heart skipped a beat whenever they asked him that? Oh, like, my, oh my God. That was on At camera. least he owned awesome. it, though, and didn't lie. Well, here's the thing. Um, can you blame him? No. It's Philly. It's an awful place. I know. It, it's there's no way you enjoy playing in an atmosphere like that and i know well don't make the mistake well obviously but people are going to make mistake you don't want your own environment toxic for your own players i you should what whatever the sport is and and maybe you'll tell me baseball's different i'm not sure but like, that needs to be an edge for your guys, not a, a place that they absolutely hate playing. Well, like, baseball's like anything. I mean, but it really – I mean, you need confidence to play, especially as a hitter. Yeah. Um, and the fans booing you every – I mean, that's not – that doesn't really help like, all that much. Uh, right, and he's the one that had to come out and issue an apology. I, He shouldn't have to issue an apology for that. If he hates playing at home because of the fans and and how they react on stuff – well, then he hates playing at home. He shouldn't have to apologize for that. Like the fans should should look at themselves and say, "Gosh, maybe we could do a little bit better here, guys, and create a better environment." Last one I have: OU baseball will play Texas Tech in Amarillo tonight for a uh, midweek neutral site game. Nice. Here's why this, that's important. Here's the uh, weather forecast for Amarillo tonight: a high of 42 degrees. Mm. Winds uh, west-southwest at 25 to 35 miles per hour. Mm. Winds could occasionally gust over 50 miles per hour tonight. Going to be a windy night at the ballpark, and some are thinking that that wind might be blowing out at the home of the Sod Poodles tonight. Well, yeah, I was was about to say is 
did they move the game, or is that just where no, they were going to play? No, they played a midweek game against Tech there last year. Okay. I don't know if this is going to be a regular thing. I but thought they did you were saying year. they were they were no, no, no. This moving is a, it because of the no, no, weather. No, this is a midweek game in Amarillo. It's just it's like the OSU game in Tulsa right. a couple weeks ago. It doesn't count against conference records or just playing. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, shocker! The wind's blowing out in Amarillo, fifty miles per hour. Woo, Woo buddy! Nice. It'll be a long game. Uh, nothing better than standing out there in the infield with the dust blowing up oh, in your face, God. right? Oh, no, thank you. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number three of The Rush on this Tuesday. Keep the text coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line 651-3439. Yeah, someone has the same idea as us. Maybe Patty Gasso paid someone to uh, vote for Virginia Tech to keep her team a little honest. That's the only thing we can come up with, right? That yeah. has to be... Has to be something going on there. The Savannah Bananas have VIP luxury seats called banana hammocks. I don't know if that's right or not, but I really hope it is. That's pretty. Uh, doesn't need to be right. It works. Uh, it, it's good enough for the show. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, who are we going to overreact to in the spring game? Week from Saturday? Javante Barnes or Dylan Gabriel? I feel like it's going to be one of those two dudes. Um... I it's going to be a young guy. It'll probably be um people always get enamored with the the shiny toys, the skill position guys that have the football. So my guess either a wide out or the Barnes it's kid. It's going I think it's going to be Javonte Barnes. Probably I mean he's right. already got so much hype behind him that uh, if he has an 8-yard gain, it'll be it'll be crazy. But I I think it's probably going to be Dylan Gabriel though cuz he's the yeah. new guy. He it'll might be, well be like, yeah, he's a really good player to he might win the Heisman Trophy. That's what it'll be. Plus, I think, you know, with the Caleb Williams deal, like everyone may elevate him just because, right? So, some of that going on there. All right, final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay tuned.